Hi, everyone. Welcome to EGOs. I have a really special guest today. Uh, he is uh, from retired from the USGS, and his name is Don Castleberry. Hi, Don. How are you? Just fine, uh, Rochelle. I'm very pleased to get acquainted and, uh, and go through with this little exercise. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. So um, how long have you been retired from the USGS now? Is this a new, a new retirement or? No, I have actually been retired for 26 years. Okay. I, I retired in 1994. Okay. And uh, I thought that uh, even though that's a long time that perhaps uh, some of my experience would uh, still be pertinent. Hopefully. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I very much value um, opinions from your generation. I think it's, I think it's great. And there's always bits and pieces that are helpful, no matter, you know, where you're from, what your age, anything like that. So in, to get started today, um, let's start with where are you from? Where did you grow up? And what influenced you most while you were growing up? Well, I, I was born in, and grew up in Arkansas, and I was actually born in a, a little house that didn't have water or electricity, and uh, my dad was a school teacher, and uh, uh, that was in 1932, so you can do the math, but uh, I grew up, I guess the most uh, significant aspects looking back on it were, were two things. One is my parents had come off of farms in Arkansas and uh, it was in the middle of the depression. And uh, their goal in life was to make a better life for me and my younger sister. So we moved a lot. And, and so by the time I had graduated high school in Little Rock, I had uh, attended uh, uh, something like uh, 14 different schools. Oh, wow. That's so a hard, hardly a year in, in a school. Yeah. And so that, uh, I believe, had some impact on on uh, my views and my personality, probably. And and uh, so, uh, but I grew up uh, mostly in Little Rock, but a couple of uh, two or three year periods, we lived in smaller towns around the state. And uh, but I graduated high school in Little Rock Central High School, which is the, the well-known school that's now a unit of the National Park System mm -hmm. and uh, was uh, the site of the integration crisis of 1957, okay. which was um, well uh, reported around the world. And yeah. I was, uh, by that time, I'd already graduated high school and college and was in fact working uh, out of the country. So. Uh, but the fact that we moved around for a lot and we were uh, oh, somewhat barely avoiding poverty, you might say. We were yeah. never really poverty stricken, but we uh, didn't have a lot of money. So I knew I was going to have to uh, make my own way. So those are probably the uh, things that uh, impacted me mostly about growing up in Arkansas. And I think the other significant thing was that uh, the towns, most of the, even Little Rock, uh, the capital city was a pretty small place and you could only go a 
mile or two and you could be out in the country or in the mountains. And so uh, I grew up uh, roaming the hills and mountains and uh, feeling comfortable in the back country, so to speak. And, and in the course of doing that, I developed even before there was a de uh, definition for it, I, I guess it would be now called an environmental an environmentalist perspective on things. And so I've retained that, uh, that view and it has uh, advised me as I chose my career. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. That is really good. Uh, so you alluded to it a little bit, but where did you uh, go to school? Like your, your uh, university? And what did you, yeah. it, what are your degrees? Did you just do environmental science in undergrad? And um, right. could you tell us a story about your career path? Sure. Well, um, when I graduated high school, the Korean conflict was underway and we were likely to be drafted. Uh, so I joined the Naval Reserve and uh, we were activated and I, I uh, served a stand in the I'm on active duty in the Navy. And as soon as I got out, I went to uh, the University of Arkansas at Fayetteville. Okay. And uh, got a degree in geology with a minor in biology. Okay. Um, that was my uh, undergraduate work. And I, I think I was motivated to do that uh, primarily by an interest of, uh, in, um, well, I know it was, uh, I felt landlocked in Arkansas. I wanted to get out and in the world and I saw a larger world that interested me and I had every intention of, uh, of uh, traveling the world and having adventures. Mm -hmm. And I thought that geology was the uh, most likely path for that. Plus it was the most likely pa path to uh, get a job uh, quickly and start uh, making my own, on my own way. Uh, so uh, my, my motivation for choosing geology was more driven by that than it was uh, uh, just a driving uh, interest in, in the subject itself. It was more a means to the end, but it did serve me quite well as it turns out. Yeah. Uh, let's see, you wanted to know about career uh, paths. Sorry about that. Yep, uh, go ahead. Mm -hmm. the, the year I, I had only mediocre grades, I must admit. And um, uh, as most people in this field know, uh, uh, oil exploration, oil uh, companies were the primary source for jobs in, in geology. Yep. And and uh, Arkansas produces uh, oil. And we I think we're the eighth the largest state oil production so we, we were not strangers to the oil industry although I didn't have any particular connection to it at that time but I, I knew it would give me two things one was uh, a paying job and the other was an opportunity to travel overseas and uh, have some excitement and, and adventures and uh, so uh, my uh, before I graduated in my senior year at Fayetteville at uh, University of Arkansas, I had two job offers, which was amazing because 
some years geologists get out and don't have any job offers, yeah. even when they're highly qualified and have uh, a very good grades. But um, I chose the job uh, based in Dallas, Texas for a company um, that was the uh, founder of the, of the famous company called Texas Instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, we were the oil uh, exploration division, you might say, for, for that. And um, I worked around Dallas, and my first actual working job was on a seismic crew out of Ardmore, Oklahoma. I spent a few months doing that, and then I was my my goal and my dream was uh, uh, accomplished when I was uh, given a job in uh, Columbia, South America. Oh, that's amazing. So I got down there. This was a culmination of a, of a dream. And I started when I was uh, uh, probably 13. And um, so I spent eight years uh, doing various types of uh, geology work in South America. And I lived and worked in uh, Colombia, Peru, and uh, Trinidad and Tobago, the islands of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. where incidentally I met my wife and so uh, changed my life in several different ways. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Can you tell me more about uh, your wife? About my wife? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, most of my time in uh, um, Colombia and Peru, we lived out in the jungle and uh, our own houseboats, and we didn't have a chance to have much social life in Trinidad, which was my last assignment in, in, down in the Caribbean. Uh, we had a office in a, in a town in South Trinidad, which was uh, a uh, oil center. And uh, we, we made... Uh, subsurface maps out of our seismic data and we had to take them someplace to have them printed. We took them to a printery, commercial printery in San Fernando, Trinidad, where my future spouse was an employee. (laughs) Oh, I see. Okay. So she printed your maps for you. Right. Right. That's so neat. That's a really great yeah, story. You never know. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> yeah, so we, from, that was not expected. Yeah, I bet not. So from the the oil industry, where did you go after that? Okay. It, uh, it's probably important to make this distinction. Uh, yeah. When, when, I, when I started out, the reason I'm conscious of this is, uh, you know, being older, I've been writing my memoirs and all that. I've been thinking about uh, how things went and why they went the way they did. And one thing that I have become aware of after the fact was that I was always a planner. I always had a goal in mind and I always had a, an objective that I was shooting for and I paid attention to how I was going to get there. And probably when I was... Uh, 13 or 14, I decided that I was going to get a job 
in some field, as I said, that gives me some travel and adventure and that I was going to try to do it in such a way that I would make enough money that I could uh, start out a, a family and life ahead instead of behind in terms of, uh, of uh, my financial situation. So after I had spent eight years in South America and uh, the Caribbean and had done well with my finances, I, I knew at that time that I had uh, uh, the financial capacity to change the do jobs and not uh, not have uh, adverse impact on my uh, on my life and my family. So I uh, decided to, when my daughter was on her way, I decided to uh, come back to the States and find some kind of uh, job that would meet my other criteria, but be a good thing, good way to raise a family. Mm -hmm. So I said, I settled on the National Park Service because I had gone back and forth to South America through South Florida. I'd gotten acquainted with uh, park rangers who worked in the Everglades Park. Okay. And uh, I had, uh, taken the federal exams and got myself on the list. And I was actually working on an oil rig uh, off the coast of Venezuela. And I got a cable that said uh, I was offered a job at Everglades National Park in the Park Service. Wow. Fortunately, we were about to end that, that job and be transferred somewhere else anyway. So I took the job and I ended up in Everglades National Park, mm -hmm. thinking I was just going to work there the rest of my working life and raise my daughter in South Florida. Uh, but uh, that job led to a career in the National Park Service that lasted uh, 32 years. And I ended up being a superintendent of five different national parks and uh, regional director at, uh, of the Midwest region, which was uh, 13 states and all the national parks in those states and uh, had a very successful career there. And all that time uh, uh, doing things that I felt strongly about. The National Park Service, as you may know, is a organization that uh, uh, looks towards the environmental quality of the places we manage and uh, that was right down my alley and I, I didn't mention earlier that in the course of uh, my career I got an opportunity at one time to uh, go back to school at, at, at night at Indiana University Indiana uh, in University where uh, we lived and I got a master's degree in uh, something called uh, the school of, it's called SPIA, the School of Public and Environmental Administration, SPIA program out of IU, which was a uh, master's degree. And it was a, uh, uh, one of the early and still one of the better programs that teach uh, uh, environmental principles as they apply to things like uh, 
Oh, the uh, Clean Air Act and the National Environmental Policy Act and, and all of these policies that came about in the 60s. And I was invited to come and teach there as an adjunct lecturer for a year and taught mostly uh, people like uh, city managers, mayors and planners uh, yeah. about those uh, those environmental uh, policies. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so you had mentioned that you worked districts. So when you were in a specific district, did you manage um, policies for all the national parks in that like specific district? Yeah, at that time, the Park Service was divided up in to 10 regions. We have a, a director in Washington, of course, and a staff there. Yeah. And then there were 10 regions. They, that changes every now and then, and I think there's seven of them now. But okay. each region has a, has a director. Okay. And uh, the, the Midwest region uh, was 13 states. It had about 60 National Park Service sites in it. And we had almost, uh, well, about 2,000 employees. And my office in Omaha, Nebraska had uh, uh, about 200. And we um, managed not only the national parks, but all the programs that the National Park Service carries out, such as uh, uh, technical assistance to state and local governments uh, about preservation and parks. And uh, uh, some national trails that cross uh, the country, like the uh, Oregon Trail and the mm -hmm. Santa Fe Trail and, oh, and cool. uh, several others. So uh, it was a fairly big job. And the that time, the 10 of us regional directors, along with the director in Washington, were considered the, the directorate of the Park Service. And we made the major policy decisions for the agency. So yeah. it was a fairly active job. And uh, so when I look back on it now, I see that the, that the geology training at Arkansas and the, and the eight years of experience actually working in that field uh, gave me certain things. And then the decision to take that step and go with the National Park Service uh, led me in a different direction, but they were all based on the same principles. Mm -hmm. So if, uh, if you uh, uh, go down to Yellowstone or uh, Grand Tetons or somewhere and you meet a uniform, uniformed park ranger, he very well may be a graduate geologist. Mm -hmm who has simply chosen to do that work. Uh, and, and they consider themselves that we call them interpreters. Yes. And uh, an interpreter tells the story of what this park is all about. And if it's a geologic park, uh, then obviously the, the geologic training is, uh, is, is important. The Park Service doesn't hire many people uh, uh, with the title of geologist. Mm -hmm. We have a few of them in uh, some of our centers where we do planning and, uh, and maybe some of the larger Western parks, but mostly uh, if you are, are a trained person in the 
soil sciences or uh, now geography, mm-hmm. uh, you may well work in the park service as a park ranger, but uh, the expertise that you have is useful. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it. That's good to know. Um, I do have a question. I'm sure you get this question a lot, but do you have a favorite national park monument trail? Like what is your absolute favorite place in the U.S.? Yeah, I do. Uh, and it's always a I, when I was working, I wouldn't do this because uh, I didn't want to show favoritism. But uh, uh, and almost no one else in the Park Service would say the same thing. But my favorite park is, is uh, Everglades. Ever- okay, the first it, it's main, partially because it's the first park that I worked in and because the best job in the Park Service to have fun doing is at, the, at that level when you're a ranger where you get to go out and do ranger things, as we call it. And yeah. uh, uh, later on, uh, you may worry about budgets and uh, uh political implications and uh, personnel. Um, When you're uh, working at the field level, when you first come in, that's all the fun stuff. So Mm -hmm. I I had the very good fortune. When I went to work down there at Everglades, I was at a place called Flamingo, which is way down in the center of the park. Mm -hmm. But after uh, about a year and a half, I got promoted and moved over to a ranger center in Key Largo, Florida. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that job, I was uh, sort of like my own boss. And it's like being that even though I'd only been in the park service less than two years, it was almost like being the superintendent of your own park. You had your own uh, uh, boats and cars and trucks and uh uh, ranger station and radios and and you set your own schedule and so my best years in the park service were work, living and working at Key Largo. That's amazing. I still, yeah. still think that. So when you would talk about like ranger things did you get to spend a lot of time driving those boats that kind of look like a hovercraft with like the big fans so you could go oh, yeah. through airboats air yeah airboats yeah I you- did some of, I did some of that the, the the parts of the park that I worked in didn't use those okay. but I did use them some in other places mostly we were out of Key Largo uh, oh. I had charge for a big area called Florida Bay which is uh, hundreds of islands and uh, water and I mostly patrolled by a, a powerboat, regular powerboat there. But uh, we had a float plane and uh, I'm a pilot and um, learned to scuba dive and all those good things and go out on boat rescues at night and work with the Coast Guard and chase alligator poachers and, mm-hmm. and uh, capture crocodiles. That was just... Uh, or my, and I wasn't young that then, I was already 27 years old. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I still look back on that as the most fun thing. Yeah. But uh, most of the people in the Park Service, I would say, are probably oriented towards the West. 
and I did spend eight years in uh, in the West as uh, as a manager in several different parks. I worked in Zion National Park, and I That's spent a lot of time at Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. But uh, but the Park Service is a lot more than the Western Parks, as probably everyone would know if they thought about it, but. Uh, that's the most uh, well-known part of our system. Mm-hmm. But the Park Service also uh, tells the story of, of the history of this country as well. Mm-hmm. And so at one time I was uh, in Philadelphia. Uh, I was the deputy regional director in Philadelphia and um, we oversaw places like uh, Gettysburg and uh, most of the Civil War parks and Delaware Water Gap and places that aren't so well known, mm-hmm. but are still uh, important in our nation's history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. That was really, that's amazing. So considering um, everything that we've gone through this last year with COVID, do you have an opinion of how you see um, our world as geologists changing sort of as we come out of COVID or maybe going five years from now? Do you have any thoughts about yeah. that? Well, I have some thoughts. I don't know how well-founded they might be, but uh, I haven't mentioned, but uh, about 10 years ago, I was honored to be invited to serve on uh, uh, external advisory board to the geology, geosciences department at Arkansas. Uh, mm-hmm. at the University of Arkansas. And that's uh, how uh, uh, we became acquainted. Uh, yeah. So uh, uh, with uh, Judith or with uh, Edith, but, okay. um, but that board is made up mostly of people who had long careers in, in the oil industry mostly. And some of them have their own companies and uh, are uh, have been chief geologists for major oil companies and so forth. So their uh, uh, insights are, are much better than mine would be. But I've been associating with them and meeting with them uh, regularly now for some 10 years. And I gained some insights, I guess, maybe from that. And probably this is no great revelation to anybody, but most likely, I think uh, the future in in oil is is not great, and it's not likely to come back and anything like what it has been. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at the fact that before very long, most of our cars and trucks will be electric. Yeah. And uh, there'll still be a demand for oil for other things, you know, plastics and, and uh, lubrication and everything. But uh, I just don't see it coming back. Uh, if I were advising someone now, I would, I would point them towards things like uh, alternative energies and uh, uh, wind and solar and uh, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, which uh, I'm sorry to say in some ways, but uh, I think it's it has to be in the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely 
I agree with you. And I, I feel like it's also something that uh, the younger generation demands. It's, um, it's amazing. I, I consider I'm an older millennial, but I know within my generation, especially like um, I have a nephew who is going to be 10 now and he's, he's all about the planet and being environmentally friendly. It's, it's just a different uh, way of thinking. I think it's, it's really amazing and encouraging. And I feel like there will be a lot of opportunity for people in that sort of realm going forward. It seems that way. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I see. Uh, I have a granddaughter who has gone into the uh, medical field. I think that's a strong one. Yeah. <laughs> but as as far as uh, 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 the field of geology and geoscience, um, I think it's headed the other way. One of my best friends on on uh, in my uh, class at Fayetteville was at Arkansas, later became the chair of the geology department at, at Missouri. Mm-hmm. And he used to bring me up to uh, uh, Columbia to speak to his classes sometimes because he, he loved the national parks and he would take his uh, students out to the uh, parks uh, every year. And that was wonderful for me, but, but his son, He's now retired. His son uh, owns a company that does alternative energy windmills and solar systems. And I think uh, he put him on the right path. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have a, a daughter and a granddaughter and now two great granddaughters. And of course they're little, but uh, I, I would not point them in the uh, direction of uh, oil exploration, for example, right now. Yeah. Another thing though that, that uh, hasn't come up, but I might add is uh, uh, when I came back to the States after eight years and as an active geologist, I went to work for the National Park Service, which of course is a unit, is a part of the government, of the US government. I didn't really choose that because of that fact, but uh, it of course is the fact. And uh, having done that, I think that, uh, well, I don't think I'm convinced that uh, careers in government have have great value and they shouldn't be uh, discounted. Mm -hmm. Uh, Generally, the pay is not as great as in private industry, but the rewards can be actually greater because when I look back on my career in the National Park Service, I feel like that I've contributed to something uh, worthwhile that will be of value Mm -hmm. from now on. And, you know, in perpetuity, uh, that's what the, the uh, Organic Act of the National Parks says that uh, we're to provide for the use and enjoyment of these areas in such a way as to leave them unimpaired for future generations. And all mm-hmm. of us take that to heart. Uh, so when I look back on the years in the Park Service, I feel like uh, uh, 
that was a contribution to a better world and a place that has lasting value or a thing that has lasting value. And I don't necessarily feel that I could say that, you know, uh, with, with the geology career, even though it was rewarding in its own way. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, it's, uh, there, there are people, of course, who just love the, the science and want to, uh, and I, I work with them up on the advisory board and uh, some of them are so successful and so uh, financially and so uh, uh, deeply involved in the technical aspects of, of the field that it's very rewarding for them and I can see why it would be. Mm-hmm. But uh, only a small percentage of the people who get out of college with a degree in geology or now uh, geography, you know, um, are going to reach those those levels, and yeah. uh, most of the people are going to work uh, somewhere lower than that, and and uh, and never really have the uh, the uh, feeling, I guess, that that I think I can have. Another thing that comes to mind is, uh, you know, I think of my career as having two facets, the eight years in geology, mostly out of the country, and then the 32 years in the Park Service. But now I've had 26 years uh, of what could be, I could do anything I wanted to do during Mm -hmm. Yep. And I actually feel like I, I have done uh, some good in those years. I, I didn't have a real big plan for what I was going to do after I retired. But, but as it turned out, I ended up doing a lot of consulting work uh, overseas, um, the Department of Interior has a program in which they uh, give assistance to foreign countries uh, and pay for it by the money that the federal government has uh, in its coffers uh, that comes from trade with with other countries. So if, um, for example, I went down to Argentina on a project uh, and uh, the money was paid uh, by the out of this fund that the U.S. government has, so it didn't cost Argentina anything. Mm-hmm. And we worked on uh, at that time. Argentina was doing better financially than they are now. They were planning a big, uh, like an interstate system, like uh, like ours, and a little interstate highway system. And uh, the goal was to be sure that they took uh, uh, into account the impact that such a system would have on the environment. Mm -hmm. So my job was to go down there and be the first uh, representative of what would be in the future a series of experts and specialists who would come down and uh, help them to uh, avoid mistakes, you might say, in their uh, development of that system. 
Mm-hmm. As it turns out, they ran out of money and they haven't really built it, but uh, the, the uh, planning was valid and would still be there if they ever did it. I did one in, back down in Trinidad where I'd worked. I, had, yeah, I did one in Grenada. We did one in the Bahamas. A three-man team of us went down there and uh, spent quite a bit of time. There's 700 islands in the Bahamas. We, did, we didn't go to all of them, but wow. we gave them uh, recommendations of how they could uh, increase the size of their National Park, park Service by uh, yeah. double, and they did. So uh, you can look back now and say, uh, well, all that experience that I had in the past uh, uh, came to bear on that and have a little bit of impact on the possibility of them having a better national park system, things, yeah. things like that. So I, I did a lot of that. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so I guess the common thread throughout, you know, you sort of, you had three phases of your career. What, what did you do to maintain your success and happiness? Did you have any tips or recipes on how you lived your life or how you had your your thoughts in your mind or do you have any advice for our listeners well in, in my case i i think uh i had a solid marriage that uh, stayed and and uh it's uh, still here and um uh, i i guess if i were trying to say what, whatever successes I might have had, what contributed to that, I would say would, was having a, a clear plan in advance. I had a, yeah. a clear goal. I had a clear set of objectives and I had a, a specific steps to get me there. And that's what I would say is often lacking and in, uh, in, in people I've watched uh, where uh, if you just say, I, I have a dream to be a dancer or a sports hero or something. Uh, yeah, if you don't have a step one to get you in the door and get you uh, started and a way to analyze whether you're still on the right path or not. Uh, having a clear plan and, and, uh, and evaluating how, how successful you've been at each step, making adjustments to keep you on the right path, I think is, uh, is a uh, very important uh, uh, tool in that regard. Uh, that's a uh, that's the main thing. And then um, I grew up down here in the South. And uh, when I was in school, it was segregated. And, uh, because of my international experiences, I was very, uh, very early uh, made aware of the uh, wrong. Yeah nature of that and uh, and my politics and my uh, general philosophy of life was uh, much more progressive than most of the people I had grown up with. Um, so those, those are things that I think uh, 
would, would be important. And when, when I retired, I did have a list of things I wanted to do, specific things, little things like, uh, because I had moved so many times in life and never had a real stable one place that I, uh, I wanted to have my dream home, so to speak. So I found that. And um, I had a list of things I wanted to do. One of them was uh, do volunteer work, which I had to do uh, mm -hmm. uh, various things. And, and then uh, I, was, I had on that list, uh, do something with the guitar. So, so mm -hmm. I've, I've uh, learned how to play the guitar and I'm in a group and uh, that's probably the most fun that I do. So yeah. I think it's important to have have something for just for fun. Yes. Mm -hmm. not, not working. But uh, really, uh, it boils down, I think, to having an attitude of, uh, of empathy and kindness towards uh, fellow humans. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you have those things, it pretty well works out. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you, Don, so much for your time. I'm really happy that you were able to join us uh, for this podcast. Um, yeah, I, I hope you have a great 2021. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, thank you, Rochelle. It's been a lot of fun. I'm pleased to get a chance to talk to you, and I hope this is helpful in some way. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.